All right. Good morning. Um, my name is Richard Dubay, and I'm one of the pastors here at Awaken Church. We are coming here uh, live at Awaken Church, and we're streaming to you in your neighbor, your, uh, your neighborhood, I guess, but also your living room, um, maybe your bedroom if you're still waking up. Um, but I'm just so thankful that we've got this amazing technology that we can come to you this morning. Um, thanks to Gabby and, and uh, Jacob and many others who helped to make this possible. So I'm just so thankful um, that I get to be here today, um, that God's Word is uh, here with us. And um, so I'm just so excited. I know that we've got some families watching today, so that's a little bit different. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to have the kiddos there. So uh, hello to all the waking kids. I thought maybe it might be fun if you guys wanted to be part of the service um, today. And so here's what I'd like you to do. If you could take out a piece of paper and get your crayons or markers or whatever you want to get out. And if you will um, draw a picture for me. Um, and the picture I want you to draw is what do you think heaven will be like? And um, what will the treasures in heaven be like? Um, so if you could draw a picture about that, what heaven is like or what the treasures are going to be like. Um, then what I want your parents to do is to then take a picture of it, and you can email it, text it. You can text it to awakenqna at gmail.com. And um, so I, I've got here, I've got this morning, um, it's just the six of us, Gabby and Jacob, and then I've got my family up here. Um, if you haven't ever met my family, if I haven't met you, I look forward to hopefully meeting you in person someday. Um, but right now, I've got uh, an amazing wife, Jackie, and I've got two amazing kids, Caitlin, and uh, this is Robbie. And he wanted to, when I told him I was preaching, he said that, well, I want to preach today. And so he put on his preaching jacket like Pastor Andrew has. And so I told him he could come up and, um, and give a, the first sermon. So um, this morning when I asked him what I, he wanted to preach about, what did you say? What do you want to preach about? Jesus. You want, yeah. Jesus died on the cross because of our abortion. <laughs> Because we just did sin because we just sinned. Yeah. But, but Jesus died on the cross for us, didn't he? And then what did he do? Come back in heaven. He, that's right. He rose again, and now he's in heaven. So I think that is an awesome sermon. If, uh, if you can't listen anymore, then you've got a, a full sermon right there. So praise God. Um, but... I'm just excited to have my family here with me, and I'm sure you guys are excited to worship with God. Can you say, with uh, your family, can you say bye? Bye. All right, and he's going to go back over there, go back around that way. All right, that's awesome. Um, so the, uh, I, I'm a, so I just wanted to get, tell you a little bit more about myself. I'm a co-vocational pastor, and so what does that mean? It means that I have a different nine-to-five job um, and I'm also one of the pastors here at Awaken Church. Um, and so I'm so excited that, because I don't get to preach that many times, um, so I'm ex so excited that I get to preach today. Um, uh, we get to talk, we're continuing our series here um, from the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, we're talking in Matthew 6. So I'm so excited for that. Um, we're in week three of the Sermon on the Mount, Last week, Andrew took us through the second half of the chapter, 5, uh, where we po he pointed out a few things. Jesus came to fulfill the law. And I thought that was so cool 
that uh, when you look at that word in, ch- in verse 17, that uh, fulfill means to cram full or to, pay, to be paid in full. And he told that really uh, moving story about how, you know, just how it's amazing that God paid our bill. Jesus tie- died on the cross, like Robbie said, and paid, paid the bill. Um, he also talked about how Jesus is trying to set back the right order of things. Uh, God is on high teaching uh, mankind so that they can flourish in creation. Uh, if you missed it last week, I encourage you to go back and watch it this week. Now, uh, as we come to chapter 6, I do want to remind you that one limitation of the way that the Bible in its current state is set up is that it's different uh, than when the Sermon on the Mount actually happened. Uh, it turns out that Jesus did not, uh, you know, we have three chapters of the Sermon on the Mount. It turns out that he didn't pause for an intermission after chapter 5 and then, uh, and then you know, pick back up after an intermission break in chapter 6. So what he said in verse 1 of chapter 6 is, is directly following what he said in chapter 5, verse 48. So I just wanted to go back and remind us of what that was. So he said at the end of the chapter, um, in verse 48, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And, in very, and then in the very next breath, he says in chapter 6, verse 1, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen, be, be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. So as we're striving to be perfect, as your heavenly father is perfect, Jesus now lays out some more ways that we can do this. Um, and he lays out some do's and don'ts of what, and that's what I want to cover today. So I've got five, I want to tell you about, about how this passage outlines five areas of living for God. First is giving, prayer, talks about fasting, your treasures, and not worrying. Now I found that as I studied this chapter, Jesus gives us a list of do's and don'ts, um, but it's not a checklist, but an example of living for him. Before I dive in, I want to make sure that we approach this chapter with the right mindset, uh, because I don't want you to walk away thinking, okay, I need to add things to this list um, of how I need to try to be good or to try to get to God. So I want to um, just pause and pray, and then we'll take a, uh, a, a look at this chapter that I hope will really bless you and your family this morning. Lord God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you so much for um, technology that allows us to stream live and be able to reach out to people that we're, um, we're not touching now, Lord, and even though we're in isolation. Lord, um, I pray that you just be in each living room, each location, Lord, that people are tuning in, that the people that need to hear this message would tune in, Lord. Lord, I pray that you just empty me out and fill me up with your spirit, that your words would be would be would be heard lord thank you that you've you've given us your bible which is true in all times lord um thank you so much that um you knew uh, ahead of time when we when we planned this chapter to be preached this week lord months and months ago lord that you knew that it was the right time for it lord um you were not surprised by what's going on lord we thank you for that we just hold cling hold tightly to you lord and we pray that um we would um really examine our hearts today lord and see what is it that we, um, these different five areas, what areas could we uh, be walking closer to you with it, Lord? What ways can we use, um, would you use to draw us closer to you, Lord? Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, 
So, so I just wanted to reiterate that, yeah, that you know, these different things that we're, we're learning about, these aren't ways to get to heaven. These aren't check off boxes that you have to check off to get to heaven. Um, I know that people wouldn't openly say that, but that if we're not careful, that would happen to just slip into our line of thought. Um, because as humans, we want to control things. Uh, but God tells us it's about relationship. It's about what Jesus did for us, as Robbie so uh, succinctly put. Um, so I wanted to remind us of Ephesians 2, 8, and 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So doing things won't save you. If you have put your faith in Jesus, that is already done. Praise the Lord. But Jesus has a plan for us while we are still on earth. He has given us the Holy Spirit to live in us and to guide us to help us in our life and help us to live a life that honors God. It's with that context that we come to this chapter. Verse 1 says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before people, just to be seen by them, because they will, that will be a reward, and you will not get a reward from your Father in heaven. Jesus then goes on, to tell us some of the do's and don'ts in those five areas. The first is the area of giving. Jesus tells us to give in secret and don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. For when we give it, give it should be for our Father in heaven, not for other people. For the hypocrites would make sure that people knew when they were giving, they'd, they'd make a big scene of it. They'd blow a trumpet, they'd, they'd uh, you know, make a parade of it. They'd make sure that everyone knew that they were going to be giving their tithe. But for Jesus, it's all about the heart behind giving. He knows why you give, and he knows that if it's primarily, that if the primary way that you give is in secret, then you're not doing it for earthly rewards, but for God's glory. Um, we have a unique opportunity here that, uh, you know, here at Awaken Church, the way we do our tithes and offering is it's in the back. It's not something that we, you know, uh, make a spectacle of. It's not something that we, um, that we you know, you know, put, put forth front and center. And um, now uh, you guys have the opportunity. There's online giving, there's a uh, check. Uh, you can mail a check. There's the address. Everything is provided on the website. So even more ways to be able to have it in secret. Um, so I, I just, uh, so that's the, the first point. The next point here is that uh, we want, we, next we see Jesus move to prayer and he spends the next 11 chap, next 11 verses I'm um, talking about how to pray and how not to pray. I don't know about you, but I feel like the, that most people don't like to pray out loud. Uh, I mean, it can be scary or intimidating if someone's asked you to pray out loud. Um, so I thought for most people, when they look at this verse 5, um, it wouldn't really think most people struggle with it. It says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But it's interesting, for me, when I read this, I had a little bit different take, because when I was in college, I was involved with Campus Crusade. And my, friends, my friend and I both became Christians in, in high school, um, and we got used to praying out loud in youth group, um, so by the time we got to college, it wasn't really a big deal. Um, so we often found ourselves being asked to pray in group settings, and we were willing to, so, um, you know, we, but we found ourselves kind of liking hearing people pray, how, hearing people hear us pray. 
Um, so we started to be funny in our prayers or impress other people with our prayers. Um, and thank the Lord that he pointed that out to us pretty quickly. Um, we were able to repent and change how we prayed. Um, we tried to not be the ones praying out loud, give other people opportunities. If we did you know, pray, we tried to keep it co- very short and keep it focused on God. Um, and that's what these vers- verses are saying, that we should be doing most of our praying before God alone. Not just in our rooms, but it uh, could be on your daily commute, which most of us, it's just, uh, I guess, <laughs> getting from your bedroom to your, uh, to your office uh, in your house now. But, um, you know, whenever you travel, uh, when we, you know, normally when we're commuting, um, anytime, if you go for a prayer rock, you know, praying before God, that should be the vast majority of the time that we're spending praying. And, uh, you know, when you're praying out loud, um, you know, focusing on God and not on trying to impress. The main idea here is that it's between you and God. Jesus knows that this is important, so he gives us an example of how to pray in verse 9 through 15. Uh, This has been traditionally called the Lord's Prayer, and I believe that is one way that you can pray, but it's not the only way. Uh, Growing up, uh, you know, I memorized the words, and I would say them, you know, every week at church. Uh, I later found out that I really didn't think about the words that I was saying. I wasn't really talking to God. In fact, I would race through how many times to see how many, I would race to see how many times I could say the Lord's Prayer by the time that the rest of the congregation said it. It's about two and a half times normally, just if you're wondering. Um, But I wasn't really praying to God then. I was just reciting something. But now when I pray, I really try to slow down and think about the meaning and pray it to God. Uh, I thought that it would be cool, uh, something good that we could all do together right now. I know we're all separated, but this is one way that we could be together by all saying it uh, at the same time. So um, we're going to have the words up there. So if you guys can um, read aloud with me. then we'll, all be, we'll just be all together and praying to God. And really, as we say the words, um, I want you to say them to the Lord. So, uh, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The next area Jesus instructs us um, is, uh, thank you guys for doing that. Um, I pray that, that, um, you might use that as a, as a template. People have written books. There's been whole sermon series about that Lord, the Lord's Prayer. So um, if you want to learn more, then definitely encourage you to look those up. Um, the next area Jesus instructs us in living for, for God is fasting. Once again, Jesus is getting to the heart of why you're doing an outward action. Is it an action for God or for people? Verse 16, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that, they, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, 
anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I found it interesting that in verse 17, it says, but when you fast. It doesn't say if you fast or only for the super spiritual that fast, but when you fast. I don't know about you, but I hadn't fasted in a while. And I figured that if I was preaching on it, I should. So um, it was harder than I thought to, uh, to actually uh, get up to, to doing it. So, but I did fast. Um, I'm actually kind of breaking the rules of this passage by talking about it. But um, I, anyway, um, here's some things that I learned. One, um, so I had some apple juice. I don't like apple juice, but it was the most amazing apple juice that I've ever had. God used the fast to help me to appreciate the many blessings in life that we take for granted. Simple things like what food that we enjoy and uh, apple juice that I don't usually like, but it tastes so good when that's all I, could, all I had to choose from. I found myself praying more first because that's what you're supposed to do when you when you fast right you you've set out some things that you're putting before the lord a lot of times and you're you dedicate that time to praying for them and, and use pr- fasting as a way to focus you um in those prayers um but also anytime that i felt hungry i would take it to god and ask for strength and he and he would answer that prayer and it just impressed upon me that that's what I should be doing in my daily life as I have concerns or struggles or feel weak. Um, take it to God. That should be my first response, my first thought. Third, uh, fasting shows your need for God. When you cut out all the other things, God still remains. I want to clarify um, a few things that um, fasting traditionally has been, you know, fasting from food or, or potentially from drink, but mostly food. Some of you aren't able to do that. And so I encourage you, what are some other ways you can fast? Maybe you fast from soda or dare I say coffee. Um, or maybe you fast from TV or social media. Um, what are the things that are getting in the way of you connecting to God? It might be a good opportunity to, to pray um, God, what is it that you need me to, what's preventing me from connecting with you and, and growing my relationship with you? And maybe you should spend some time fasting. Whatever it might be, the idea is that Jesus wants you to not make a big show of it. So don't walk around saying, please don't offer me any food. I'm fasting. Or don't talk about that show. I'm fasting from it. Please, please. But go about your normal business when you, when you should be eating or doing the things that you're fasting from. Then you spend that time with Jesus, praying. When you think about what you're missing, pray and talk to Jesus. Now, Jesus turns his attention to the next area of living for God, what we treasure. Verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right, kids. um, I hope you're uh, working on your drawings of what heaven will look like. I wanted to uh, have Caitlin come up here.
and she's going to kind of show us what her drawing was. Um, so I asked her to, to do this the other day, and so we're going to get her up here. You can sit down. Can you see her? Yeah, sit up. All right. So this is her drawing. And so talk loudly. This is a rainbow. This is a this is an angel <laughs> And that's Jesus. And it's snowy in heaven. That's him. And that's the lake. And this is this. And this is my little brother Robbie. And that's my snow right there. <laughs> <laughs> At the bottom. That is awesome. So hopefully you guys are working. This was uh, pretty cool, inspiring to me. Those are some awesome tr treasures, especially for us Floridians. Great. Thank you so much, Caitlin. For us Florid Floridians, um, having snow in heaven would be uh, a treasure. We would really enjoy that, and especially uh, if we didn't have to shovel it. I don't know how that would work out, but hopefully it would be just the, just the joyous parts of snow. Um, so we're gonna remember, go ahead and have your parents uh, text those in to awakenqna at gmail.com, and uh, we're going to show them at the end. So I can't wait to look at them. So as I've been studying this passage, I was reminded of a, a thought I had in the past, um, that as American church in general, uh, it doesn't, uh, the American church in general doesn't long for heaven because our view of it is way too small. When we compare normal life to what we think heaven is like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a difference. Right now is a little bit different with our current state of, you know, what's going on. Obviously, um, a lot of our normal, um, you know, things that, are, that we take for granted are, have, we're, we're not taking them for granted right now, I guess. So, um, but we still need to expand our view of heaven. Um, as I tried to think of a comparison of what I, of, you know, what could even come close to giving an example of the, of the difference. Um, here's what I came up with, even though it still doesn't do it justice. Pretend a few months ago, back when everything was, we were just running a normal life, um, and we went out, I went out to the backyard and I told my kids who are playing in our backyard. Now, our backyard is pretty cool. Just want to give you a proper picture. Uh, we have lots of room for, for people, for the kids to run. We have several different swings, a slide, a fort, a sandbox. And we even have a big hole where you can just dig that even has like this kid-sized excavator. So it's, it's pretty cool. But imagine I went to them and I said, you need to stop playing and get in the car. We're going to Disney World. They would be out of their minds to say, no thanks, we like our backyard better. I mean, it's Disney World, but people do the same thing when the truth of the gospel is presented. They choose to live and s they choose to still live for and store up treasures for the backyard, backyard of earth and not the amazingness that's described in heaven. Um, and so I, my prayer today is that, Lord, you would just give us a greater view of heaven and joy and the majesty that awaits your people. Here's a few scripture that talks about heaven. Revelation 7, 9, and 10 says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from every tribe, all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, 
with palm branches on their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Revelations 21, 3 and 4, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will... He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, no, nor ear heard, nor heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. It's better than we can imagine, it says. Anything that we've seen... Um, or imagined, it's, it's falling, falling short of that. Um, what we have here on earth, we get glimpses. We get, um, you know, veiled glimpses of what it might be like, and it's going to be grander than anything we could imagine. When researching what treasures might be, the Bible doesn't actually give us much clarity, but it does talk about having joy in heaven, and somehow there might be a difference in amounts of joy. Um, one, one author I found wrote that his reward will be responsibilities maximizing our talents in such a way as to produce great joy. We will have a complete sense of our own significance and role in heaven. Joy will be ours. So I ask today, are you certain you will be going to heaven? Where are you storing up your treasures? I encourage you to think about if you have settled these questions. One way to measure this is if our treasure is in heaven, our hearts are secure even if our finances fail. If our treasures are on earth and riches fail, our heart plunges into despair. And so uh, I felt like that was very applicable um, to where we're at today. Jesus wraps up this section talking about the eye and not serving two masters in verses 22 through 24. It's interesting that the eye, when it is healthy, is pure and able to see well. And God lets light in and lets, lets God's light in and truth in. But when it's bad or not healthy, it prevents God's truth and light from getting into your soul. And he says that we can't serve two masters. This is similar to where we're talking about storing up treasures. If we're focused on earthly things and serving money, we, we will find ourselves despising and even hating God. 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for they will either hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot sure serve both God and money. I believe that this is a daily and sometimes hourly choice to serve God, because the world and our flesh will keep on trying to tell you to serve money. He knows it's really interesting that Jesus knows that the next question that the crowd would be asking and that all of us are asking is, well, then how am I supposed to eat and how will I pay for my clothes if I'm not trying to get money? He answers it in the following verses. 25 says, this is what, why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? 
Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I know that I've been praying through these verses the last few weeks as the world is worrying about COVID-19 and about the financial markets and how this is all changing all of our daily lives. I knew, I know that it's definitely added to my stress level. In my daily job, I talk to people who are stressed out about it. These are serious questions and serious times. God does not tell us to be flippant or casual about these things, but he does tell us, look to him first. Go running to him as your worries mount. Just like Frank said last week, talking about how we want to handle this time. We want to respond in faith, but not be stupid. We want to take those worries to God and at the same time, use the wisdom that God gives, gives us. I know I've shared it many times, but Philippians 4, 6, and 7 has continued to help me when I worry. Do not be anxious about anything, it says, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I have memorized that, and God has brought it back to me time and time again to show me what to do when I'm anxious. Here are some things that you can do. In addition to praying that prayer, memorize that scripture. Let it come back to you every single time. So some things you can also do is pray, just like I'm saying. Take those requests to God. God wants to hear them. He wants to know what you're thinking and feeling. Another thing that I know my wife finds very helpful is worship music. Um, Jackie has said that it helps her when she's anxious, that as she's filling her mind with, with God's um, word and with worship, those are the things that he tends to bring back into mind when she feels anxious, those different um, refrains, and she sometimes doesn't even realize that it's scripture or this, the worship song that, that he's putting in, it, in her mind. So um, listening to them ahead of time, you know, what we're filling our, our mind with uh, impacts us in those other times when we are feeling anxious. So let's have, you know, have worship music on. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, this last week or about two weeks ago, we actually have a playlist if you're on the YouTube channel Awaken Church, there's a, there's a playlist of, of all the different worship songs that uh, our worship team has played over the last, you know, several months. And, uh, you know, so check those out. Those are a great place to start. Uh, another one is to, to share with a trusted friend and ask them to pray for you. You know, find someone that you know that's going to point you back to God when you um, are struggling um, and ask them to pray for you. Also, there might be, uh, you know, chances if this is something that's, you know, growing into uh, affecting your, your life and, and debilitating you, that then there's professionals that can help you as well. Um, you know, use every resource that you have. Another one, read the Bible. Uh, I've already been talking about that. Scripture is, get the scripture into your heart, into your mind. That combats the lies of the, of the world. The same God that we find in those stories in the Old Testament and the New Testament is the same God that's alive here today and that wants to work. Another one is to journal. King David journals to God a lot. We know them um, as Psalms. 
So we can go and look in scripture and find his journalings. Journal yourself. Get your thoughts out as you talk and pray to God. Get them onto paper. And then you can look back and see his faithfulness over time, how he's answered those prayers. And, um, and, and as you're journaling, you can remember. Um, writing down is great because we forget, we forget things, but also looking back at old pictures or just telling old stories about God's faithfulness. You know, that's one thing that the scripture tells us to pass those on to our, our children. And we love telling stories about how God has blessed us and how he's come through in big ways in the past. And that's the same God that wants to come through today. So we've looked at five areas that Jesus teaches us to live for God. In giving, in prayer, fasting, our treasures, and not worrying. Uh, there have been many books written about each topic, and I encourage you that to dive deeper. If God is speaking to you about one of these areas, maybe you have a little bit more free time on your hands coming up, so let's use it to honor God. Uh, reach out, you know, to each other um, with social distancing appropriately, and, uh, you know, see how God might use this. Um, so, all right, it's time for us to look at some of these pictures that, uh, that the, the kids have sent in. So I want to double check that and take a look and see what, uh, what we got. All right. So, uh, all right. So I see here, there looks like we've got a whole bunch of people. There's a sun. Um, looks like some walls, some trees, um, and maybe a bunch of people there. And uh, that's awesome. We're, yeah, every tongue, every tribe, every nation is going to be up there praising God together. So that is really cool. And it looks like, may, may, yeah, so yeah, we've got the pictures here. Um, this looks like maybe that's like everything's just colored around. That's maybe God's presence because he's going to be everywhere. He's providing the light it talks about. So that's really cool. All right, this one's awesome. Um, from Luke. Luke, that's awesome. Heaven will be like, awesome. Uh, it's, it looks pretty fun. That looks like a lot of joy and happiness and excitement. So I love that one too. Thanks so much, Luke. Um, and this one is, we've got some, uh, looks like a, a really cool castle and the sun's there. Jesus is, God's gonna be the light. And then uh, is that N-O- and no, no, I don't know what that is, but um, no chains, maybe. No, yeah, that looks like maybe a, a, a castle with the, the drawbridge. So I love that. That's really cool. Um, what else do we got? Oh, Kyla. All right, thanks for submitting it. And there's a house. And then again, we got lots of fun joy. I like it. Thank you so much. Yay. This one's good, too. This one looks like maybe watercolors they got to use. That's really fun. And maybe a, a long road. Um, talks about heaven having uh, roads, you know, of gold and everything. So that's really neat. There we go. There's the, there's the gold roads. I knew someone was going to have some, some gold ro roads. Thank you so much. And then I think those are jewels and everything. You guys have been studying Revelation. Awesome. And then... We've got even more Caleb, awesome. Good job with lots of gold everywhere and sunniness. What else do we have? Wow, there's so many. You guys did great. Oh, I love all the colors. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the colors that are going to be in heaven are going to blow away anything that we come up with. You know, all the neons and all those bright colors, God's going to be so much more amazing, uh, but not any of the clashing ones. 
going to have all the good ones. Praise goes on. Oh, I love it. Good. Yeah, so we got praise and worship. Um, I'm sure we're going to learn instruments we even knew, didn't even know existed we're going to get to play. We're not just going to be playing harps. We're going to get to play all sorts of amazing instruments. So great job there. All right, do we have any more? That's all of them? All right. All right, well, thank you so much. That, that really blesses my heart, and I hopefully everyone else there has enjoyed it. Kids, you guys did great. You, you did way better than I, I even thought you could ever do, so way to go. I want you to you know, hang those up maybe, and uh, yeah, just uh, enjoy those and, and think about heaven. Tell your, tell your parents about heaven. Um, it's going to be way better than we could have thought. Um, so let me close this in prayer, and then we're going to move on to some announcements. Lord God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for my church family, Lord. Thank you so much for being able to reach out to them this way, Lord. I pray that your words would have been heard, Lord, that you would just uh, uh, ha- erase the words that aren't from you and, and put words that are, Lord, in, the, in their hearts and their mind, Lord. I pray that you would encourage them today, Lord, that you would um, just give them a peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord, that you would um, cause them to, to have a, a bigger perspective of heaven, Lord, that as they seek these different areas, Lord, to be able to draw closer to you in relationship, Lord, that it would cause them to um, have a greater sense of what you're doing in their life, Lord, and that you do care, that you are with them, Lord, that you are um, our provider, Lord, that you are uh, a good God, that in the midst of, of the storms, Lord, that we're able to, to um, trust you, Lord. So we pray that you would encourage us this day. Lord, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.